0: Every time.
2: A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this
0: week's episode, it's one foot out the door on 2018 and one foot in on 2019 as we share our top five in pop culture for last year and predict what could be big this time around all this and more as we say happy new year and reach our next stop the pcc multiverse
1: don't be alarmed the quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds other voices other thoughts and other realities up feels like down and down feels like the number seven on a wednesday morning don't worry that quivering blood boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with
0: another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And also a big happy new year to everyone out there listening and hopefully it is a wonderful and prosperous 2019 for you as well. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. He is the Nostradamus of Humanic Media. You got to check out everything going on today at humanicmedia.com, Humanic Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend it is Josh Peterson. What's up, man?
2: What up, what up? It's uh, 2019, man. You can't uh, just go around throwing insults at people like that. Nostradamus, Jeez.
0: That's right. Well, you're going to be predicting all these great things coming up later in the program because you're going to be telling people exactly what you're looking forward to in 2019. Plus, I will interject some as well. And of course, alongside that, our good friend Haas at The Voice from the Underground, he's going to share his thoughts on top five in pop culture for 2018. But you know what? We haven't shared our thoughts on the top five in 2018 for pop culture. So my friend, I'm going to start off with you. What is your number five in 2018 for pop culture?
2: Okay, so for my number five, I have the Netflix cancellations of Marvel shows. That was something that, uh, you know, w- what they announced that is, five years ago i want to say that that whole deal came through people are super stoked marvel and netflix had a a huge plan going forward and now we're seeing the end of that plan And i, I think that it was canceled a lot sooner than anyone thought it would even the people over at marvel and it's just it's kind of a shock to see that happen because people really did like daredevil you know and uh, jessica jones luke cage not so much iron fist but People were hopeful, you know, with that second season. So it was, that was a huge moment because that just goes to show you that, <clears throat> you know, anything that's Marvel that exists outside of the Disney wheelhouse now is not going to get the treatment. And, and there's a good probability that it's going not going to be uh, carried on after the, the launch of the Disney streaming service. And allegedly, there's a season three of Jessica Jones coming out. But I, I guarantee you, I mean, that's going to be my my top 5 predictions but uh you know I'll give you a little spoiler I guarantee you that after each of these new seasons premieres Netflix is it's are going to announce their cancellation
0: my number 5 is the true power both negative and positive of social media we've seen it time and time again when there's good word of mouth on a television show on a movie on a video game gets that word of mouth going, gets that popular thing going as far as the on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter of course, you know, it starts spreading like wildfire and really gets a lot of pub for a lot of great things that are going on. The negative side, however, is that with a lot of our social media presence, we've also seen especially Twitter has been really harsh to a lot of celebrities We've seen what happened to Kelly Tran in with Star Wars The Last Jedi. A lot of feedback, unfortunately, coming her way, which was unwarranted. And we've actually seen that recently with one of the stars of Black Mirror Bandersnatch, Will Poulter, who has been in several movies already. Will Poulter is getting a lot of flack because of his different look playing a 1980s game developer. He's getting a lot of flack off it and he's had to leave Twitter because of it. So it's kind of, disappointing how powerful social media that can be for good as far as supporting charitable causes supporting causes that are really noble and really helping out things that really need to be helped in pop culture but also turning a dark side just saying inappropriate things on twitter and other social media posts from instagram facebook what have you that are very regrettable and a lot of times they've also been career Ending or career-threatening as well. What is your number four? What is your number four on your pop culture top five for 2018?
2: Roseanne Barr getting axed from her own show. That was a pretty big thing because that was the first time in a sitcom the main character has been kicked off for saying something that people did not like off of the show and then had the show carry on without her. And I, I honestly do not doubt that it's going to be the last time either. We'll, we're probably going to be seeing more and more of that, again, thanks to social media, and people who should, who say things who shouldn't be saying things. I, I can think of, you know, one person in particular, our Commander in Chief, <laughs> who has a, a Twitter account. But uh, yeah, Roseanne Barr getting axed from her show. That's the first time I've ever seen that. And whether or not it's working out. I don't know. I don't know how the ratings are. You talked to Jessica Boggs about that kind of thing, but it's just interesting because that was the first time I've ever seen anything like that. But you're right. It goes back to what we're saying about
0: social media and how social media presence can really be a negative in so many different ways. And especially when it comes to the case of Roseanne Barr, with her spewing out whatever negative thoughts she was thinking that, you know what? Hey, if you're going to say that stuff, You better be prepared for the consequences. And unfortunately, I don't think she was prepared for the consequences, but life and ABC has moved on without her. They're doing still good numbers for the Conners. I believe it has been renewed for another season. So you know what? You say those type of horrific things on Twitter, it's always going to come back on you and it comes back on to you quickly when it concerns social media. My number four is Toys R Us closing, and to me, it's like losing a part of our pop culture history. And you know, for me personally, and I know for you personally as well, it's almost like losing a party or childhood.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was. I actually tried to catch some of the uh, the clearance sales going on at Toys R Us, and it was all picked over because the moment they announced they're closing down, people were lining up outside the stores and showing up at them, trying to find out when the uh, clearance sales were, but. You know, I was talking to my mom the other day, and we were reminiscing about how, because I'm on a Sega kick right now, and she used to ask me if I remember when she took me to, to Toys R Us as a kid, you know, and you go and you have, they have like the Sega and Super Nintendo games hi- hanging from the flaps, you go and you pick out the coupon, you take it up to the corner or to the uh, register in the front, they give you the game, you know, she's asking me if I remember that. And I'm like, yeah, I remember Toys R Us being notorious for having like the flaps open and you go and ask for the game and they'll be like oh we're sold out and they never bother to take the little slips out when once a game is no longer available always irks me <laughs> so you think it's okay that they closed <laughs> no no I'm not saying that I just you know I, I have good memories and I have bad memories but they do they were the last place really that you could buy specialty toys you know target has a toy aisle walmart has a toy aisle but they don't didn't have the the selection or the variety you know now you have to go to to find a lot of stuff say you want a special lego you got to go to like a lego shop or you got to go to you know somewhere that specializes in collectibles you can't just or Or online or online yeah but i mean that's the thing though even with you know i think we talked about this before with action figures like you go and you buy action figures they come in like six different sizes now you don't know what size you're getting you're not holding the product you don't know what it's made of you don't know how flimsy it is, it's. and that's the great thing about Toys R Us is that you can pick it up, you can see what else was available, flip it over. You're like, oh, cool, there's a green Power Ranger, and you can you know thumb through the rest of the Power Ranger toys to see if you can find that one. That was a good experience, you know, and you just you can't do that anymore, and it kind of bums me out. Well, I know you're very sad
0: about it. I know I'm also very sad about it as well. I was just kidding about what I was saying earlier. I know you're very disheartened by the loss of Toys R Us because for you and I that was something that was part of our lives for so many years and it looks like at some point in time in 2019 this is not a this is this should go on the predictions but this is something that probably is an easy prediction because it's looking like it's near the end for something like Sears, Kmart, possibly even JCPenney. Those stores that are leaving I'm very sad that they're in the condition that they're in. And I do have memories of those stores, but I don't have as fond of the memories as I do of Toys R Us. Big kids, little kids, it just going there was a treat every time I went, and I'm just sorry to see it go. And To see those signs these days at Walmart, we're the America's best toy store, they're America's largest brick-and-mortar retailer. When you say you're America's best toy store, I still think it's kind of like a smack, a backhanded smack at Toys R Us now that they're gone.
2: Am I wrong in saying that? They don't have that big of a toy selection. They just have a lot of edited CDs.
0: (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough, my friend. But still, it's a very sad time for all of us when we we realized Toys R Us would be no more, and the revival that tried to happen didn't happen. We'll have to wait and see if there's going to be something as a you know as far as a reprieve for once retail giants like Sears, Kmart, JCPenney. But in the online age that we now live in, where Amazon.com, Walmart.com, and so many other .coms have reigned supreme, it's going to be very hard for the brick and mortar stores that we remember from the past stay alive. And there's going to be more Toys R Russes. Like that in the future going forward, that's going to shut down and shut down for good. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to miraclefruitoil.com and use the promo code Media10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at miraclefruitoil.com. That's miraclefruitoil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. What's your number three, my friend, in the pop culture top five of 2018?
2: I think we kind of have one of the same ones here. I got Avengers Infinity War. That was one of the biggest pop culture events to, at least in my eyes, since, you know for as long as I can remember since Iron Man. But this was a lot bigger than Iron Man. This was the first time so many different diverse people came together to see this movie. And we everyone was all on the same page about it. No one walked out of a the theater going, "Man, that was a crappy movie." A lot everyone walked out like in awe of this film. They were emotionally struck by it and people talked about it forever. It spawned a whole outcropping of memes on the internet for months after that. Like it really in all aspects was a cultural phenomenon.
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly, my friend. Number three is also, for me, Avengers Infinity War, because for me, it felt like it made a 10-year investment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe totally worth it. It cashed in on all those things that we were experiencing for the story arc for 10 years with Marvel, and it... Paid off in spades. The Russos did an outstanding job. That's why it was the number one pick for you in 2018 and the number two pick for me in 2018. If you want to check out the rest of our thoughts on the top movies of 2018, that's on the Pop Culture Cosmos that we had that aired and dropped on Monday. If you want to check that out on our podcast channels, but it totally was worth the investment of 10 years of Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Did not let us down. And I'm looking forward this year to Endgame to just wrap it up in a nice, neat little bow. In fact, I'm also encouraged to see what's going to happen with Captain Marvel and how that ties in just like a little bit of more of icing on the cake when it comes to the whole 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Number two, my friend, what is your number two in pop culture for 2018?
2: I got the release of Red Dead Redemption 2. This was everyone everybody was talking about this game like this was something that even non-gamers went out to play because they want to be a part of this conversation i didn't like it you know and and that's that's on me that's 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 me i I like the first one didn't like this one i there's just this idea of diving into a 180 hour game that i just i didn't want to invest in but yeah this was kind of a big thing like And, you know, people are still talking about whether or not journalists were paid to say that the game was good. So I think in gaming like this, this was this was the Avengers Infinity War of gaming, Red Dead Redemption 2. So I'm I, you know, I haven't played it yet. I'm going to I've talked to a lot of people who have played it and they they seem to like it. But this is the first time that I've talked to people about a game and these people have no experiences in gaming whatsoever. They just went out and bought these consoles and these games to be a part of the conversation so I think that's huge
0: I'm going to disagree with you on that because I thought there was one bigger note in video gaming as far as the cultural phenomenon and the social relevance and all that is concerned I think there was one game that touched on our society a little bit more than Red Dead Redemption 2 and in fact the number one video game sales of the year, I think still goes to Call of Duty. Black Ops 4 still made it out of the year as the number one best-selling game of the year ahead of Red Dead Redemption 2. Be that as in May, I think it still was a very, very good year for Rockstar and Red Dead Redemption 2, but it's still not approaching anywhere near the numbers of what GTA 5 did, which leads me to believe people have still a greater affinity, however great affinity they have for Red Dead Redemption, they still have a much greater affinity for the GTA series. That's why, to me, I think it held the number two position for sales for the year of 2018 in video games and not the number one, which I think Rockstar may try to tell you and try to spin it as something positive, but I still think it's something negative when Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is still able to beat it worldwide in sales for 2018.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I'm not talking about sales. I'm just talking about people who I know don't play games going out to buy Red Dead. Like that was kind of this was the first time that I had ever encountered something like that. And, you know, people play Call of Duty all the time. Like that was just uh, that's one of those franchises. But like this was kind of a big deal. And, you know, sales aside, it, it was just, you know, I'm just saying it's the first time I've ever encountered that situation.
0: Well, actually, the mind number one is going to include that type of situation because I'm seeing people from all different walks of life experience in that. So I'm having the same experience with another game that you are with Red Dead Redemption 2. I actually have got Red Dead Redemption 2 back at my office. I'll tell you what, it's actually, for me, something that you're right, it's going to be a big experience. It's it's drawn out. It's, it's a long game. It's God, it's multiplayer now. It's going to be a great, vast experience that's out there for many people who are playing it. Rockstar should not be ashamed of it because I think it's a great success. Is it the big success that they wanted it to be like GTA five? No, not quite. But according to Josh right there, with the feedback that he's getting and the people from different walks of life that are now trying out Red Dead Redemption 2 because they just heard about it, it was going to be something big, definitely a, it's a good choice at your number two so my number two is black panther being the socially relevant event that so many of us had hoped for i think when i talked to haas and tj of the voice from the underground as you'll hear haas coming up here in a minute and as i spoke to tj when he gave his review earlier in 2018 on on our pop culture cosmos show these guys and so many other individuals out there just were blown away by black panther just the fact that it's now being considered for an Oscar, Golden Globe, all these other awards its is great for, for Marvel from a superhero standpoint. And then obviously from the cultural and socially relevant standpoint, as far as on all the beats that it hits, the tremendous cast and, and what it represents to, to the community, I think it's a great homage, but it's also a great point of conjecture going forward that The diversity, along with Crazy Rich Asians and so many other movies that came out in 2018 and 2017 with Get Out and whatnot, just really sends a message to Hollywood about diversity and really just good movie making is what can generate a lot of money in the movie industry and not exactly what the individuals can be like, who's leading the show and who your leads and who your co-stars and whatnot. It all depends on good movie making and good storytelling as opposed to just the names and the individuals of a certain type that fits a stereotype that you've been doing for so many years being the be-all end-all in Hollywood. Diversity is now in in Hollywood big time it's welcome sight women, people of different ethnicities, people of, of different languages these movies these individuals are getting spotlighted and it's great to see and a lot of it will be due going forward to the success of black panther
2: yeah i'm gonna tread carefully here i agree i think that diversity is is important in in films but i also don't feel like an individual should be obligated to like a movie because it's diverse i think we talked about this on topic eclipse like why can't We just go back to not liking films because we didn't like them. But no, everything you're saying is true. Like it does go to show you that, you know, we, if if we stop typecasting people and put them in, you know, give, give them a time, give them a role that, you know, is not traditionally meant for somebody like them. Like they could do amazing. Look at Star Wars, Rogue One, that that was a more diverse set of actors. And that movie was amazing. And it you can break the mold and I don't know why the mold even exists because I think anybody who deserves who you know is is good at a part should be able to play it people are very close-minded but you know on the other side of that coin like I said earlier you shouldn't feel obligated like you know with Wonder Woman when I said Wonder Woman was a good film and then I was like but it wasn't a great film and then I got roasted pretty hard on social media for saying that you know we just we kind of get trapped in corners like that because I know a lot of people who have I've listened to a lot of discussions about Black Panther, and someone says, "Hey, I didn't think that movie was that great." The first reaction people have is, "You're racist." So it's a double-sided coin. Diversity is good, but it also has the power to divide fans, much like social media does.
0: That's an excellent point because your ability to go ahead and like films and not like films should not be based on whatever individuals that are in there is. Does it tell a good narrative? Does it tell the story that you enjoy? Does it go ahead and have all the parts to it that makes it something special and something worth watching? No matter who's in it, no matter who directs it, no matter who's responsible for it. And if, if people are just telling you that you're supposed to like it just because that's almost as bad as what it was before when, like you said, with all the typecasting and whatnot. So it doesn't make it any better. You should be allowed your own opinion if you're having a free and open-minded opinion on exactly what it is you're watching. And why or why not you're not actually enjoying it to the level that some others are.
2: Right. So my whole thing is I think anyone should be able to play any part. Honestly, like I was stoked at the idea of of the possibility of Idris Elba playing James Bond. Like that would have been really cool to me. If that if a person is passionate about a role and they they pursue it and they're really good at it, they should be able to play that person no matter what color their skin is. You know, and that's that's just where I stand on the thing. but you know it i don't know why this is it creates so much divide among fans just it, it it drives me nuts like even you know if you have someone if you have a uh you know a diverse cast people are gonna comment about that and then if you don't like the diverse cast people are gonna comment about that it's just it's it's hard man this is what we've become in you know 2019 now and it's just it's it seems like it's gonna get tougher as we go on but um you know i i I love the strides for the strives forward that we're making in in uh you know in Hollywood. And from what I understand, this was actually one of the the biggest years for Hollywood blockbusters. And I think that Black Panther contributed heavily to that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely indeed. So what are you so your number one in pop culture for 2018?
2: I have the death of Stan Lee. It's you know, is the first time You know, and it's sad. It just goes to show you that, like, tragedies really do bring communities together. But it's the first time a lot of different factions of people, even like the the big comic book creators, like the DC, Marvel, Dark Horse, they all put down their gauntlets and came together. Like they did a tribute. DC did a tribute to Stan Lee. Like everyone, he. It's crazy just to see everyone brought together by one individual who did so much for. A lot of people and like Bill Maher's thing was that guy's a jerk. But, you know, I, re- I read that and I'm like, no, he really did bring people together in a way that no one ever, you know, no, no one else really did. I would almost say that Stan Lee is more influential than than Walt Disney, just in the way that he ignited the imaginations of millions of people all over the world. I mean, that's that that's a legacy that one would be proud to have, you know.
0: Absolutely agree with you on that one hundred percent. The Stanley legacy will live on for many years and many years after Bill Maher is forgotten about as far as an individual in the Hollywood industry. So yeah, just Stanley's legacy as far as a comic book genius and the comic book icon is gonna remain for a long, long time to come. And as long as you see any Marvel products that are out there, his name is gonna be associated with it. And you know, I'm fortunate he passed in, in twenty eighteen and just you know, I'm so sad that he won't won't be able to see the continuance of you know what what he helped start so many years ago. That is going forward, it's now this big machine, this this big cultural phenomenon as far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe is concerned. I'm sorry that he won't be able to see it continue into a new phase as we move on in the next decade. So yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on Stanley. My number one choice for Top 5 in pop culture in 2018 was, I think, the biggest video game in 2018. And that, to me, is the social relevance, the cultural relevance, and just basically the boom in popularity of the game Fortnite. Simple as that. The game exploded out there, became available on all different platforms, both console and mobile Fortnite became media giant just making epic hand over fist on money the what at some time it reached over 250 million concurrent players just, just a big 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 thing going on with Fortnite it became so socially relevant became all over just television streaming channels ninja became a celebrity dealing with all these these other celebrities all these Pro athletes and movie stars and TV stars wanted to go ahead and get involved with the game, do streaming of the game, doing events with the game. Fortnite became, you know, this Fortnite for all ages from below 10, 7, 8, 9-year-olds going on up, just became so involved with the game, buying the merchandise, boys and girls, men and women, just all, all interested in it. I mean, we saw when we were doing the charity event at Retro City Games just how much of an influence Fortnite has people going ahead and wearing the merchandise Halloween it was one it was the biggest seller out there and the item for Halloween that was most requested was Fortnite material I mean it just to me there was nothing bigger in 2018 from a pop culture standpoint than Fortnite
2: yeah they did a great job of bringing communities together that would never have really uh come together through other games like you have people of all different backgrounds and ethnicities and ages and genders like it's crazy how many people jumped on this and like because this isn't one of those games you can sit there and mindlessly play as we saw at that tournament down at retro city games like this is something that takes a lot of focus and skill so it's it's i don't know it's just it's so interesting to see something that i guess complicated bringing so many people together and it, it's Of various ages too. We're talking about from the young, from the very young, and especially
0: caught on with the younger crowd, but also to an older crowd as well.
2: Right, right, yeah, and it's it's cool to see because, like, with video games, is, is it just goes to show the power of video games to bring people together. And Fortnite, you know, kind of tapped into that in a way that no one else really has. And I think that this could be a cool thing going forward, just to show that the potential is there and it would be a good marketing idea to kind of figure out how they got it and that doesn't mean just create more battle royale games it means figure out what it is about battle royale games and try to apply it to other forms of gaming
0: or what it is about fortnite that made it so successful and try to go ahead and duplicate that with other video games down the road you're right absolutely right on that what are your top prospects in pop culture for 2018 what are your- what are your top events or top news items that you think were the biggest things to hit pop culture in 2018? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also, as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, we've got Haas from The Voice from the Underground. He's going to share his thoughts on the top five of 2018. And then after that, we'll close out the show with some quick predictions for 2019.
1: This is the PCC Multiverse. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Greyskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Greyskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films.
0: And we're back to the program once again. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. We just truly appreciate everyone that has been inputting their top five in pop culture for 2018. We've assembled some of the best podcasters from around the world to give their thoughts on the best things that have intrigued them and fascinated them, excited them over the course of 2018 when it comes to pop culture. But I cannot have a list and I cannot have a group of podcasters come together with their thoughts on the best in pop culture of 2018 without one of the three guys that are out there that make up the voice from the underground. You got to catch their show today on Spreaker, also as well, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so many other different outlets. It is my good friend, and he is definitely one that I want to hear exactly what he thinks when it comes to the top five of 2018. It's Haas from the voice from the underground. What's going on, my friend? Joe, how's everything? Everything is great here. It's been a great month listening to not only your cohort in crime, Mr. Dutch, he's already oh, waiting into his thoughts. I'm and, sure. And uh, I, I know you're, you're going to be excited to hear that. I want to hear you, my friend. What are your top five when it comes to pop culture in 2018? It's, it's funny. I've got a range. I've got, I've got a couple of items from very early
3: in the year, and I've got a couple of things here in the last couple of weeks. So- I'm going to just right out the gate, I got to go with Black Panther as my first just mammoth pop culture item of the year. I mean, it sparked so much conversation universally, and it was so much uh, sub-conversation within the Black community about all of the memes. I, I literally had to go and see it twice. I had to see it twice, and I think if I saw it again, I would pull some more nuggets out of it. It was such a multi-layered movie. As I said, the universal conversation and then the the sub-conversation in in different cultural groups. I mean, amongst Blacks, it it was something that was picked apart. I mean, we really delved into Killmonger's character and the essence of his motivations. Was he right? Was he wrong? Did he have good intentions but just go about it the wrong way? Really deep. And then on a personal level, leaving the movie the first time, and seeing young white kids trying to use African dialects because they're they're Killmonger or they're Black Panther or they are you know I saw a little white girl she was she wanted to be uh, T'Challa's sister it was just amazing to me to see that and the movie was so
0: well done um, oh absolutely it's up for a Golden Globe nomination already and there's a lot of right. talk that it has an Oscar chance as well that would be amazing that would be,
3: especially from a quote unquote marvel superhero movie to be an oscar to, just to even have the rumblings of a uh, of an oscar buzz and to have a golden globe nom is it just speaks to speaks to the power of the movie
0: and you're exactly right when it comes to shuri she has been such a beloved figure since black panther i think a lot of people were disheartened to finally realize that at in the trailer for avengers 4 that unfortunately she has uh, succumbed to the snap or whatever they're calling it, the decimation or whatever. Yeah. So, but I I will tell you, Black Panther is a historic movie for many reasons. And suffice to say, it is definitely one of the best movies of the year. I think pretty much a lot of people can say that. I think that's an outstanding choice, but I know you got a lot of other picks as well.
3: So I want to hear Yes. Yes. You know something, this next one, It jumped, it leapt onto the, I mean, because we've been talking about coming on for a few days and trying to negotiate, figure out how we're going to schedule it. And literally in the last three days, something just blasted onto the scene for me. And I have not been this excited about a musical release in a very, very long time. But Ice Cube's new album, Everything's Corrupt. Oh my God, this is the kind of rap music we need. This is the kind of hip hop that's real. A couple of songs just leap out to me as soundtracks to the resistance, so to speak. Uh, he's got a song called Chase Down the Bully, which really talks about an alternative, quote unquote, way to deal with some of these alt writers and things like that. Those people who feel emboldened by uh, Orange Julius's uh election, and his rhetoric, and things of that nature. And I think part of their being emboldened to action is because a lot of times on the conservative side, they view liberals as meek, as weak, and as docile, and that Democrats or liberals or people who are not conservatives are less likely to retaliate when run up upon. And Ice Cube song, Chase Down the Bully, really says to them, when these people come up and seek to try to assail you in any type of way to react strongly. And then he has another song called Good Cop, Bad Cop. And this song is actually an an older song that he put on this album because it fits so well. You know, a lot of times, especially in, in, in communities of color, we talk about how are we supposed to know who the good cop is? When the quote unquote good cop is watching the bad cop do those bad things and number one, not saying anything. And if that cop does get in trouble, he joins in all of the other cops in the blue coat of silence. So which one is the good cop then? You know, the one who's actually is, is the one who's not doing anything, but he's not doing anything in the aftermath either, the good cop? Or is he really just one of the bad cops that just doesn't join in the action? So that song is amazing as well. And there's there's some other songs on the on that album that are truly speak to the communities. And, and I mean, even calling out the black community for some of the things that that we need to do better. So it's a great, great album for now, for young and older people, because it, it harkens us back to that older type of hip-hop. It speaks to today today's issues on a bunch of levels. So I really
0: am excited about that album i couldn't agree with you more on that as far as because there is a wide gap of of what was successful in rap and hip-hop in the 90s and what most people perceive as successful rap here in today's measure with i i guess you could say for lack of a better term the mumble rap obviously yeah the the uh, music that's you know i guess drake has set it apart more than anybody because of his universal acclaim his universal success all the things that he's earning on it. Sometimes it's great to get that flashback from artists such as Ice Cube, Ice T, you know, the the list goes on and on that are still performing today that both you and I have heard so many times in the past that we keep telling the youth of today, Hey, this was what we were used to. This is what emboldened us. This is what made us feel good when we were listening to rap. Not to say it isn't bad. Yeah. yeah.
3: Scorpion was a good album. Scorpion was a good album. I liked it. So you know but it's just uh when we talk about substance that used to be in in a lot of rap i mean kendrick lamar speaks to things j cole speaks to things we have a lot of artists out there that still speak to it but for ice cube to put it so plain in this album
0: was just amazing and i thought it was great it does show this kind of divide that is from old school hip-hop to today's different style of rap and hip-hop that's out there Hopefully that we can get enough people out there to just appreciate both for what they are and appreciate the messages that are within both that both are trying to deliver. But that's actually an excellent point. I'm just so happy that you're getting to also the audio portion of pop culture because it's so Mm -hmm. great when we hear music and everything else representative, not just films, TV, and what so many are used to when it comes to pop culture. But you got three more, my friend. I've got another recent one that just really was powerful to me.
3: It's a movie. And my fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, we are in a national partnership with March of Dimes. And this was actually a fundraising effort of ours. So everybody who came out to watch this movie with us, a portion of your proceeds, of course, a big portion actually went to March of Dimes. We really thank you all for that. Mighty Mu Mu Lambda chapter. That's my chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. We went and saw Green Book. And a lot of people including my wife she did not know what a green book was it was fortunate for us my grandmother was in town from houston shortly before we went to see the movie and she talked about taking my father to washington dc her and my granddad and having to use the green book to travel from illinois to washington dc and my wife her eyes were just like big as saucers her mouth was wide open and she's like, she did not know what it was. And I'm like, that's how we traveled safely up until the 60s and 70s. This, this, this was not that long ago. I mean, my, grand, my grandma and granddad took my father to Washington, D.C. in the 60s. So, you know, this wasn't that long ago. And the movie, the character development, the arc of the characters, you really need to see this movie. It is something that what I got, what I got from it is this. You know, it's so easy to be divided over these social media platforms. But in in, like in the case of this movie, these people are in a car together and they're traveling throughout the, the south of this country. And they're in this car for hours and hours and hours. And what always happens when people are put together, you find those threads of interconnectivity and you build bridges on those threads. And that's what this movie really, really spoke to. There were differences. There was a wide chasm. These people couldn't be more different. And they found the threads because of their being forced together. They found these threads of interconnectivity. And these bridges were built. And a person who didn't even want Black people's glasses to be in his sink in the beginning. And a person who thought that this person driving his car for him was just the most uneducated Neanderthal in the world. They became lifelong friends as via the experiences they they took through this trip. And you, really, I think that this is so great for people to see because maybe it'll inspire people that are from seemingly disparate backgrounds and areas and things of that nature and political ideologies to actually sit down and try to find those threads of interconnectivity. I think this movie could be a good inspiration for that. And speaking to that, in the theater with us were so many non-persons of color in that theater to watch that movie. And I thought that was very inspirational and very hopeful because I just felt like, well, if we got all of these people coming to see this movie, maybe there is some hope because maybe some people came to that movie because their wife or their husband forced them to. And now they'll have some inspiration to maybe open their palm a little bit and reach out. Instead of just being so quick to type
0: something or to ball a fist, Mahershala Ali. I tell you what, since Moonlight, he has burst onto the screen out there. Yes, he's, he doing, he's doing True Detective. He's doing Alita: Battle Angel next. He's got. He's done House of Cards since then. I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. his career is skyrocketing. And obviously, he's backing up with performance after performance. And yes. his performance in this one should not be understated in the slightest whatsoever. Right. He's he's come a long way since Predators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, believe me, I sat through that one a long time ago when it came out. Uh, and yeah. I, well, okay, that, that's another story entirely. Let's, let's, let's just go somewhere else. Let's go somewhere yeah, let's just, else. Okay, are have got the two more. Here. We're on yes, the best I'm, of 2018 here. So, <laughs> tell you what, I've got, you got two more. You got two more. So lay it on me, man. Yes. What's up? Hey, you know something?
3: These last two, what's funny is they kind of uh, parallel each other. So the first is the continuing conversation that is being had about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee and peaceful protests against police brutality and in, in systemic inequalities and things like that. We've continued in 2018 to have deep, meaningful conversations, both in people's homes, on social media, and in the media, print, digital, television, regarding this this issue, regarding Colin Kaepernick, regarding the issues of police brutality, and systemic inequalities, and and things of that nature. And the staying power of these conversations is something that should be acknowledged, because When he first took that knee in 2016, many people thought on both sides of the issue that it would just go away. And they thought it would fade into the background. And they thought that it would be over with. And sure enough, here we are two years later, still having these conversations. And I know personally, from personal experience, that through having these conversations for this length of time, there are people whose minds have been changed. Those conversations about from what Colin Kaepernick has done. And I think that 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 staying power regarding what he's done and the continued blackballing of him by the NFL is going to put him down in when history looks back as one of the transcendent historical figures of our time. But you right? got one
0: last I got one more. Got one more. And
3: this, one, this one, this one is a little political, but it's on the hilarious side of political. And it, once again, it speaks to the longevity. The SNL cold opens are still killing they are still so funny. They are still so relevant. And part of that is, I guess, SNL and the writers and everybody, they constantly get so much fodder to pull from. It was still funny. I'm not tired of it because it's not like they're pulling old information and trying to retread it and make it funny. This is stuff that's happening week to week, day to day, that they are making light of. it, it, it In the black comedy circuit, it is said that what we're doing is making fun of our pain a little bit, laughing to keep from crying. And what SNL is doing is basically, hey, let's laugh at this to keep from crying. Let's laugh at this to keep from screaming out in frustration. Let's laugh at this to keep from pulling our hair out the longevity of the relevance of of those cold opens is still something that, I mean, because people still talk about it on Sundays, people still talk about it on Mondays. So I just think that that was one of the great things about 2018
0: as well as that, you know, those things didn't get stale. Well, that's a great list right there for you, my friend. But I've got one last question for you. Why is The Voice from the Underground the podcast you want to listen to for everything out there when it comes to pop culture, political discussion, and a whole lot more? People connect with our podcast
3: because it is so conversational. It is so down to earth, but it is so unvarnished. It is is—it is definitely raw. It is not polished. It's, you know, we try to stick to a little bit of a agenda, but a lot of times we let that conversation flow and let it be honest. So if you like an honest podcast that's going to have a little bit of courageous conversation, Voice from the Underground, the podcast is for you.
0: And once again, you can find The Voice from the Underground, the podcast, at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and over two dozen different podcast formats. And again, it's Haas from The Voice from the Underground. It's been great having you here, my hey, friend. thanks Sharon. for having me. Oh, anytime. Sharing your top five. This is the PCC Multiverse.
1: If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only 5 minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games.
0: And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. If you need a listing of where we're at, all around the world because we're being played on 15 different radio stations worldwide check our listing out today at pop culture cosmos on facebook or game source on facebook and you're also going to catch on our pop culture cosmos facebook page a listing of all the different outlets that we're on if you want to catch our podcast version which drops on monday and friday as well you've got a great thing going on with humanica media it's the new year, my friends. So what is going on with all the great stuff this year in 2019 at Humanica Media?
2: A lot of things going on. I don't have any clear details on a lot of it yet. I got to talk to some of the people. You look like you're just sitting through an earthquake. You
0: know, no, don't... no, I'm in New Mexico, man. I might freeze to death out here. I mean, yesterday was negative eight.
2: But Lips just put out a new episode. Uh, I interview Shraz of spaces he's the ceo of the company that put together that terminator vr experience over in irvine so you can check that out now but there will be more announcements soon of some projects i got in the works so stay tuned
0: you can check that out today on topic apocalypse that's available on podbean and so many other podcast outlets so i want to thank haas from the voice from the underground for checking in with his top five in pop culture for 2018 Before we head on out, we've got to go ahead and step forward into 2019. So I want to hear your thoughts quickly, my friend. You can just count them down this time. Your top five predictions for 2019.
2: Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Number five, something related to Mass Effect will be announced at E3 this year. How many years until we see that is a whole other question. Okay. Something related to Mass Effect because they keep putting out little teases. Mass Effect's not done. You know, they'll put little posters up on Facebook and social media. They got something in the works. They're going to announce it. It's going to be one of those videos, you know, you're going to go up on stage. Microsoft will probably play it and it'll say Mass Effect something, something, and people will go nuts. And then we won't see it for five years. That's my number five. Number four, DC is going to announce 12 new films, but will only actually make one of them. Number three. Netflix cancels the rest of their Marvel shows. Number two, at least two next-generation consoles will be announced. And then number one, I'm predicting Avengers Endgame will become the highest-grossing film ever.
0: I think you're reading my mind on a couple of these, man, because that, that was very similar to what I have. I will say, on the new consoles, we already got word from Slightly Mad Studios, the head of Slightly Mad Studios, which was responsible for the game Project Cars from the Project Cars series one and two, he says they're working on their own console, which should be out in about two three years time, which is great. But you know, as you and I both know, got to have distribution. Who's going to be helping you market it? Who's going to help you produce it? Games, price, that's going to be issue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you're right. At least that's going to be probably officially announced here coming up here probably within the by the end of the year. But it was already teased by the ceo of slightly mad studios already something called they're calling it i think the mad box or something similar to like that so like you said we are probably going to see something from microsoft and or sony as well. so i'm going to run off mine real quickly number five the biggest game of the year will be no shocker at all to anyone out there is a call of duty game but it is because they go back to revisit the world of modern warfare one more time that's the rumor already that's coming out is that the next Call of Duty coming out this year will actually revisit the world of Modern Warfare that so many gamers out there love. I don't see any other game really standing out 100% as a surefire AAA got to get it hit that's going to outsell another call of duty at this point in time i thought red dead redemption 2 was going to do it last year they unfortunately didn't quite do it but this year i think it call of duty will be the number one game again and it's going to be because they go back to the world of modern warfare number two something similar to what you were talking about with mass effect anthem by bioware will be another misstep for them i think anthem is going to be something that. A lot of people may get interested in f- at first, but just it's kind of looking to me something similar to what I'm seeing with Fallout 76. Maybe it's a little bit more refined. Maybe it's a little bit better narrative storytelling, but not by much. I think it's going to probably have a similar effect as Destiny. Pretty good game, not the overwhelming hit that they're looking for. So I think at this point in time, because of Anthem not being a big success that they hoped it would be, they're going to announce real quickly, it's going to force them announce sooner rather than later, officially a Dragon Age for 2020 and a Mass Effect Trilogy redo for later this year holiday that they're going to be able to try and squeeze out there to make amends and for the disappointment that I think is going to come from Anthem. I hope I'm proven wrong on Anthem, but I think Anthem so far is just looking to me like a game like it's eh pretty good, but not something I really have to go out and buy at this point in
2: time. Mass Effect trilogy redux that sounds amazing, but I don't think they're ever going to give that to us.
0: The reason why I say they will is because they just are doing a command and conquer redo. So, if they can do a command and conquer redo, they certainly have, at some point in time have to revisit the Mass Effect trilogy.
2: And I would absolutely love that. I would gladly give over, you know, several hundred hours of my life and some hard earned money to go revisit that universe yeah yeah that, that'd be great i mean whether it's mass effect trilogy i would even be happy with like a saying hey we remastered one mass effect game like i would be happy with just playing one you know because that's that's still pretty cool as long as they don't charge me 60 bucks for it dragon age 2020 i like that idea because they they made the announcement right at the game awards so they are working on something it's it's coming out and 2020 is kind of wishful thinking, but I have. I feel like it could be if Anthem does not do so well. Because Anthem, right now, you see all the footage, it looks like a mixture of Titanfall, Monster Hunter, and Lost Planet. That's what it reminds me of. None of those games really ended that well. No, none of them ended that well. And I don't think the same is going to end up for
0: Anthem. I think Bioware is going to have to realize they've got two great things in Dragon Age. And if they totally put their mind to it, Mass Effect as well. And hopefully we can see new things coming out for them in the future with Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Number three, real quickly, is Disney Plus will best every other streaming outlet besides Netflix and Amazon by the end of 2019. I know that's not too difficult a task. I mean, maybe Hulu, a couple others, maybe CBS All Access, maybe still might outshine them as far as total viewers, but... I think there'll be such an influx of people that want to go ahead and buy the Disney Plus service. I really think by the end of 2019, even though they're not going to be up and running until later this year, that they're going to go ahead and have still that amount of time to go ahead and garner that many subscribers to the service and be able to go ahead and just be that number three right away, right out of the box. And by the end of 2020, you never know, they could be almost at or near or could be even right at that level with amazon and netflix number two for me is at least one of the dc movies getting back to what you were talking about will again bomb this year it's going to be one of them my best bet on bombing is probably the joker origin story but shazam and wonder woman 84 and the joker origin story are the three dc movies that are for sure happening and coming out this year So I know at least one of them will tank, if not two of them, which will cause another restructuring of the DCEU. So at this point in time, I'm still kind of trepidatious when I talk about Warner Brothers, when I talk about the DCEU. I'm still holding out hope that they will go ahead and keep on having those positive vibes from the big hit in Aquaman and Wonder Woman 84 possibly being something of a successful sequel to Wonder Woman. But yeah, I, I know at least of one, if not two, the DC movies this year are going to tank. I think that's just going to cause more panic at Warner Brothers. Number one is something similar to what you were talking about. As your number one in Avengers Endgame, you were talking about beating Avatar as the single most successful movie of, of all time. I'm not going to go there. I think it's gonna, still going to hit $2 billion. I think it's going to hit $2 billion and... Well, I think it's going to earn more money worldwide than Star Wars Episode Nine. I do think it's going to go above $2 billion. I'm not going to go 2.8 or whatever it is that they'd have to go to beat Avatar, but I do think it's going to go above $2 billion and be the biggest film of 2019. Star Wars Episode Nine, because of what happened to The Last Jedi, there's still going to be some backlash there. I think Episode Nine will be a much better outcome and a much more satisfying outcome because J.J. Abrams seems to have a better feel for what the Star Wars fans want. And even though it might be a paint-by-numbers ending of this Star Wars trilogy, it will still be a safer bet to do very well, but not quite as well as Avengers Endgame because Marvel's in right now, Marvel's hot, and this will be the ending, the final bow being tied and closure on the entire phase of the marvel cinematic universe and the entire investment that we've made that i mentioned earlier about the entire 10-year history of the marvel cinematic universe
2: i would honestly love nothing more than to see endgame outdo avatar because there would be some irony there because james cameron has been continually vocal about how much he hates superhero movies and i would honestly just love to see him eat a shoe
0: I would love to as well, because I saw Avatar once and I was done with it. To me, Avatar has not retained the cultural footprint that it needs to be successful for another four Avatars. I think they're crazy trying to recreate another four Avatars. I think you're going to see a lot of declining and residual lessening returns on the Avatar series when number two, number three, number four, and number five come out. But you know what? They've already hooked him on it, and he's filming them now. So more power to him on what he can do. And we'll talk about more of that when Avatar 2 finally hits the big screen. So at this point in time, I will tell you, Avengers Endgame will also be a big hit and be the biggest hit of 2019. It will beat Star Wars Episode Nine. Will it beat Avatar? I hope it will. I don't think it will. But I hope I'm wrong on that part of the equation. And Josh is right, and it will be the number one movie all time. What are your thoughts out there, and what are your your predictions out there on 2019 and pop culture? Share us your thoughts, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Any last thoughts on the way out?
2: Remember, MiracleFruitOil.com, and you will get a free game. So do that, please. That's right. For
0: the Viner Brace Gaming Bracelet, check it out today. Remember the code from earlier in this broadcast on our Vitabrace promo. Use that, get the $10 off, plus you'll get a free game from us, a Sonic the Hedgehog Steam code from us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And stay tuned for our Monday show where we're talking a lot of things about Netflix and previewing the Consumer Electronics Show of 2019. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great
1: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the T Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
2: Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com.